Hey, you are now listening to the Graceway Podcast. Let's talk. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Jeff Adams here, as almost always, with Pastor Tim Dunn. And uh, we're going to talk about some pretty exciting things that happened yesterday at Graceway. And uh, I say yesterday. We're doing this on Monday. We usually do this on Sunday, but I was somewhere lost in Texas. (laughs) The eyes of Texas, I'm not sure, were upon me. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we've kind of come back and caught up. And uh, one of the things, Pastor Tim, that I wanted to talk about before we get into (laughs) your message, itself. Yeah. Uh, you kind of gave the surprise announcement in the second service. And so if you were watching the first service yesterday, uh, let me just urge people go back and look at the first part of the second service because Pastor Tim made a very special presentation. Tell us a little bit about that, why that is important. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, just a little bit of backstory here. We have a partner who operates in the prevention of human and sex trafficking. Uh, a guy who got saved here, was a police officer here, uh, then transitioned to International Justice Mission in D.C., was in charge of their inspections around, uh, uh, around human trafficking and investigations, and then started his own shop, so to speak, uh, called Love Justice. And uh, they still view this as their home church. You know, they said, you know, you're our pastor, and, um, and they are just doing uh, an incredible job around a horrible thing. Yes. And, you know, I said from the stage that the best data tracking I've ever seen, part of me wishes you could see it just because of the stewardship piece. And part of me never wants you to see it. Yeah. So they're in 24 countries, have a little over 400 employees and have literally, um, by God's grace, seen thousands of interceptions And so they are, you know, you think about trafficking, you know, you have the prevention side, you have the rescue side, and then you have the responsive legislative side. So they're really on the first two, uh, predominantly prevention, but some just direct rescue showed me uh, some videos that I uh, will probably be stained in my brain for the rest of my life. Um, But uh, I, I told the church, and I believe this. I think there's a couple of things that churches can do a lot of different things. Um, You know, vision and God's kingdom and mission. There's a lot of, it's a big open field. And, but I think the church has to be involved in Bible translation because we're people of a book and we want equality around that. And there hasn't been historically. And so especially churches in the West with as much privilege and let's just be honest, money as we have historic you know, we're at a, at a historic time. The church is is flush in lots of ways. Um, and we can talk about that. But uh, uh, I think we have to be committed to Bible translation and equality. And I think because we are the ones who believe that everybody is created in the image of our God, mm-hmm. that, that the human uh, has dignity and value and worth simply in their being because of their creator. Right. I think we have to be involved in human trafficking, the exploitation of a human life at a diabolical, wicked, wicked level. You can't, I don't think you can really say you care about justice if you, if you don't invest in that. And so they were in my office last week. They are working on um, a couple pilot projects that uh, are going to allow them to get into some other countries. And so last, they were going to be in our service, our, our second service 
they were just coming to church really excited to because they aren't they're typically traveling so really excited to come to church and i wanted to surprise them and essentially what happened is graceway paid for one of the pilot projects in one of the largest airports in north america um, that that they are going to be starting and so you know we've got a great board our church um, is incredibly faithful to give and i just said this is what generosity allows us to do together. And so I, I pulled, I did, I was walking around with a check. I don't always do this. So don't stop me on Sunday morning. <laughs> walking around with a check for $35,000. And yeah. they came to church and I, I just let them sit in the, in the audience, you know, right. and kind of introduce them that nobody knew they were there. And then just said, Hey, because you're generosity and pulled the check out. And, and it was, it was pretty fun. That yeah, I I got to see that on, yeah. on the video since I was not uh, not here yesterday. Yeah. I try to get with them every time they're in Kansas City. I can remember Jeff when he first came to faith. Yeah, and uh, followed his career all the way through KCPD. Yeah. Worked as a police chief for a while yeah. uh, in a city not too far from here. Yeah, but the thing that I think really impresses me, and you you laid this out so well, is that you know Jeff got involved at the frontline level. Yeah, if I remember correctly, he's done over 700 interventions himself, himself all yeah. over the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it has been involved at that level, but I think it was that frustration. I think if you do just one or two of those would be enough for a lifetime for most people That's right. because of the nature of what they're doing. That's right. But he suddenly thought, why don't we prevent this from happening? Yeah. And, uh, human trafficking happens right under our nose, even here in <laughs> mid America. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a very gracious way to say even here, especially here. Yes. Because yes. we're a point of transit in our, right. in our, in our country. And, you know, it, <clears throat> we can get, get pretty esoteric here, but, um, you know, because of the, the grandeur of the gospel and the power of our God, we're able to operate in these really dark places because we believe that redemption is a real thing. And uh, it doesn't just happen in, you know, perfectly manicured rooms with the AC perfect. It happens in these, you know, at these bus stops and in these brothels. And, and redemption isn't just for eternity. Redemption happens in flesh and blood. And we have to be about that. And Jeff um, is really unique. Not only does he have a skill set, but he really has a calling. I mean, to be operating in the ways that he is, it had better be at the level of calling. Yeah. And he's, they're incredibly good at it. Yeah, they and really are. I have lots of people talk to me. You know, it's a, for a while there, I felt like almost every week I was having someone talk to me about sex trafficking. And if, if I'm completely honest, I would hear a lot of, a lot of what people wanted to do and a lot of why, a lot of, a lot of passion, a lot of, you know, God cares about this, but not a lot of how. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jeff comes and Jeff's Jeff has run departments and run, you know, organizations and he comes with a mountain of data yes. that you like once you see that data, it's very hard to unsee. Yeah. But the fact that he has committed himself to it and, you know, here at Graceway, we really are deeply concerned about the sustainability of missions, really want. Uh, don't want missionaries to be beholden to Western money to do what God calls them to do. Exactly. So we talk about that a lot. Uh, this is not one of those ministries, right? right this right. is this is one of those ministries that that the church and I I I think really the Western church 
uh, we need to front the cash for this. Mm -hmm. I think there aren't a, a ton of people doing an incredible job. I think Love Justice is one of the people, one of the groups that's doing an incredible job. And I think it's a very easy thing to say, yes, the people of God should commit themselves in prayer, in money, and where we can be involved relationally, let's be. But there's not a lot of places. This isn't like you're taking a mission trip to... No, and this is not something that your average church member can get involved in in a hands-on type way. That's exactly uh, right. It's incredibly dangerous. It's, it's incredibly inc sophisticated. Yeah. And uh, there's just no way. So let the experts do it. That's right. But then stand behind them, pray for them, and give. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, we have a lot of police officers in our... In our and I talked to one yesterday. He came into guest central and said i feel like i need to talk to this guy and so if you are somebody yeah who has a skill set man we want to talk to you because we're we're serious about this um it, it you know i said to my wife this feels like a drop of a drop of a drop in a very large bucket and she was like yeah but it's a drop yeah and let's be good stewards of whatever size drop god allows us to in the same way that we talk about bible translation exactly. it's a massive problem yeah um but, you know, I, I have said uh, from the stage, and I believe this, you know, we are not the center of the Christian world anymore. Right. We're That's not. True. Like the global south. That's is just the a fact. Center. That's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, you're, you're arguing against data if you think that we're still the epicenter of the Christian world. I do believe we can be the epicenter of the economics of the Christian world. But in order to do that, we have got to relinquish this demand for credit and control yeah have to yeah. and just say hey like to god be the glory and god's kindness our church has been faithful to give the faithfulness of of this church uh you know our folks give and this isn't this wasn't never my money yeah and so i of course i don't need the credit i'm not trying to tell you how to run a right. human trafficking organization right like we just want to help yeah exactly and uh and, and I, I get very, very, very excited about that because I, I truly believe it's just, it's become very cliched. We are better together as long as you do you and let, you know, just let me help. I don't need, I don't need control. I don't need credit. I don't need anything. I just want you to go do what you're called to do. You know, I, I love the fact that the emphasis that I heard you say yesterday, that we want to make the word of God available to all people. Yes. Which is a no-brainer. That's right. But at the same time, we want to be involved in things that celebrate God's design for human beings. That's right. And the respect of that. And at, at a time when so many evangelical churches in this country have become immersed in politics, yeah. fighting for my rights, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, you know, I've watched you the last couple of years. You you have taken stands on issues of, of justice yeah. in, in terms of justice for all humans, regardless yeah. of color, ethnic background. Let's treat people with human dignity and yeah. respect. But what more glaring issue is there yeah. than kids and, and women and men who are being slave traded yeah. uh, all over this planet. All over this planet. And uh, if, if there's an issue that we could get involved in, that ought to be it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been, you know, you and I have talked about this, me trying to, you know, whatever, you know, use my little old voice for issues of justice and human dignity and value. It's been, it's been very disheartening, the amount of criticism that I've taken for that, to be very honest with you. Um, but I do, I do feel like, I, I like whenever God 
brings us into a place of clarity that, hey, if you're not with us on this, like, well, I don't just know. How, how can you argue, <laughs> yeah. regardless of yeah. whichever side of the political yes. line you fall, that's exactly if you right. can't take a stand against human trafficking and slavery, yeah, that's right. uh, I'm sorry, something, something is not connecting. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was, you know, I, I'm always excited to preach. I'm always excited to be at Graceway and worship with, but yes, yesterday, I was like, let's just get this first service over, man. I want to, like, <laughs> I, uh, I, especially because I knew that they had no idea coming yeah, in. Yeah. And I know, I know what it feels like to feel like God's given you this burden to have this vision and have the gap be money. Right. You know, and I've worked with this couple for years on the backside coaching them. Yeah. Because they've been trying to raise money. Right. Uh, Jeff found this very classy, amazing he Mexican did. woman he from did. a business background. That's right. And yeah. uh, she's got the skills she and does. the personality and the she knowledge does. to be able to connect, but she doesn't understand church world. Right. And it's been very frustrating for them trying to get people to see a vision. I know, I know. And so I, yeah, I can, I can only imagine what they must have sensed yesterday. Well, so, so on, on, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday, they're in my office and, you know, they always, they pull out the laptop and it's, you know, and, and it, it gets to the spot. I'm like, okay, okay, you know, enough. <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah. And uh, they've done that. You know, I, I, it's for me, but it feels like to me at the at the time. And uh, and she said, I know that you guys value sustainability and communal blessing in the ministries you work for, and that's true. Yeah. You know, very perceptive to pick up on. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. And the days of you know, I go over and I plant an American church and. In Vietnam, <laughs> those those days are gone, y'all. Yeah. They are gone. They've been gone, but we've been continuing to support them. And so we, we have to be a church that, you know, joins what God's doing in the world, not not imposes models. That being said, she said to me, um, this isn't that. Yeah. I know that this isn't that. And I just need to say to you, this is my church and you're my pastor and we need your help. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I get it. And, and it, you, you and I both, you know, you know this about me. Um, I take being someone's pastor incredibly seriously. And so, but when somebody raises their hand and says, you're my pastor, I, they immediately come under some unspoken covering, some yeah. unspoken tent for me. Um, and, and, uh, you know, whether that was the spirit of God or she gave me an incredible sales pitch, I don't know, but I, I fell for it hook, <laughs> line, and sinker. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm very proud of them. I'm very proud of what they're doing and where they're going and the faith that it takes and the courage that it takes. And I'm, I'm just honored to be a part in any way. I, I just love the fact that we could spend some time and let's talk today to yeah. talk about this yeah. very important issue. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's more than just handing a significant check to right. a couple in a service. Right. It goes so far beyond that. Yeah, very much. But I, I also was so impressed, and we've got just a few minutes left, sure. to be able to kind of rehash a little bit. Uh, for those of you that did not see uh, the service this week, uh, I not only urge you to go back and listen to Pastor Tim's message, but to listen to it a couple of times. Because what I heard you do was to take this portion of the Bible that people usually get lost in. Right. Leviticus and Numbers and Exodus right. and, you know, the temple and the tabernacle and all that type of stuff and names and rules and regulations. Right. And you cut through that. That's right. 
and and you really gave people a handle on how to see the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Right, right. Uh, all talking about the temple. So let me let me just ask you a very basic question because you said this at the beginning when you started speaking that you want people to see Jesus and yourself yeah. in the tabernacle. Yeah, yeah. Unpack that just a little bit. What the appetite of people who haven't seen it, and maybe a review for those who have. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I, I've i been saying that throughout this series. I want you to see Jesus and then yourself in that order. Mm-hmm. Because especially in the West, we look for ourselves, and if Jesus happens to pop into the picture, you know. So I, you're looking for Jesus. But, you know, with the tabernacle, um, it's such a, it's borderline OCD, right? When you're reading it right? and you think like, man, what, what does this have to do with me? Why should I care about this? But really what God is doing is he's, he's kind of hearkening back to the garden. Whenever God brings the Israelites out of Egypt, pulls Moses up and he says very quickly into the, the you know, 40 day conversation, Hey, y'all build me a sanctuary so that I can dwell in your midst. And I just, I was really struck with that, that God right on the heels of this display of his power is like, okay, let let me get as close as I can to you. And I I had made this statement that redemption is always for relationship, right? Um, And that it really, the, the tabernacle's blueprint was the garden, the temple's blueprint was the garden, and it culminates with Jesus because the tabernacle and the temple were temporary and could be destroyed. And when the temple gets destroyed, the power and the presence of God is gone. Yeah. Jesus comes and reveals himself full of grace and truth, right? John, John one. And uh and then when Jesus leaves, he says, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not leaving you without, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit is the one who delivers us into glory. And so we're really uh the first generation of faith, the church is that that once we enter into relationship with Jesus, we are never without the presence of God for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty incredible thing to think. Yeah. We and don't so, go to church to find God. No, no, we don't. Yeah, yeah God's not over there. And so the tabernacle uh, sh- foreshadowed Jesus and the temple really foreshadowed God in us, right? And so... This idea that, you know, God promises David to take care of his dynasty and that somebody in his dynasty will take care of the temple physical mm-hmm. and somebody in his dynasty will take care of the temple spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so Solomon takes care of the physical. It gets destroyed. Jesus creates a spiritual temple in you and I, and it can never be destroyed. And it's still being built. And it's still being built. Yeah, which sure. is pretty amazing. And you know, I, I listening to you, I, I was thinking, wow, this is this is pretty significant because so many people either they go to a museum or they they go to a church and there's a display. Somebody's done right. a mock-up of the tabernacle, right? Right. And, and people think, well, that's cool. It looks like a little dollhouse. Yeah. yeah. But yet have no earthly idea of the significance of that. Yeah. And uh, e- even in the decorations of the tapestries and the tabernacle, uh, the tie back to the Garden of Eden is amazing. to show that God had a blueprint from the very beginning right. that he's never deviated from. That's right. That's right. And then we live at a time when we're, we're nearing the completion of that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And just the, the persistence of God's power and promises and plan and presence, you know, I mean, the, the largest gap, there's two really significant gaps of God not being present between between the garden 
and Exodus, right? The tabernacle. And God's still present, but he's kind of intermittently. Like he visits Abraham. He wrestles with Jacob, sure. those kind of things. But it's not this, this permanent presence. And then after the destruction of the temple, that 400 years in between the Old and New Testament. And, I, you know, obviously this is extra biblical, but you kind of see God getting itchy in those spaces. Like I need to be near my, my covenant people. And I just think, I, th- I don't think we understand God's God's drive for relationship and nearness and presence. We talk so anecdotally. I just don't feel like God's near. And it's like, y'all, <laughs> y'all don't understand your Bible. Like God, God is driven to be near to you. Yeah. Um, and any time that he hasn't been, it's not, it hasn't been a part of his plan. It's been a part of our rebellion. Exactly. And you made, you made a statement toward the end that, that I made note of mentally that so many people today try to relate to the God of the tabernacle right. rather than the God who became incarnate yeah. and now lives in us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, we still we think about we think about church as the place that you go to you go to visit God. And we don't if, if you stop somebody and said, you know, do you think God's in there? It, you would you probably get this weird look, but we we still think about church as a place. We don't we don't we don't think about ourselves as a temple. We still view the pastor as the one who intercedes for us, and he's the one that really has the special connection to to God. We we still have, and we still are very kind of rigid around God's happiness is tied to my ability to follow the rules. Yeah, um, and we don't think about ourselves. You know, when Paul says, hey, remember, you're 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 a temple. He's saying you're a holy place. Right. Um, he's saying that, you know, God himself is present in you. And God chose to do that. Yeah. God initiated that. God did it in his grace. And uh, and we just don't we don't we don't think of God. I don't I don't think we think of him with that type of um but we use those passages intimacy. to shame ourselves and load ourselves with guilt we do. rather than seeing yeah. the, the obvious yeah. and, and the purpose. That's right. God's saying, no, I set you apart that's to right. be special to me That's right. because I want to have this relationship that's with you. Right. That's right. Wow. Well, that's probably a, a decent spot to okay. kind of shut things yeah. down today. <laughs> but again, I, I want to say to you that if you did not hear this message on the tabernacle, let me urge you, let me beg you, go back and listen to it. Listen to it a couple of times because what it will do, it will help you to understand how the entire Bible fits together, how the timeline of history fits together. It's incredibly important. Also, it's important to remind you that the Let's Talk podcast is available wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Google or Apple or uh, Spotify, whatever it may be. And uh, let me just ask if you would to subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll be notified when new episodes come out weekly. And uh, if, if you could just like us or leave a review and help us to extend the reach a little bit, uh, we are reaching people many different places around the world, which is kind of fun. But uh, thank you for being with us today. And uh, we'll look for you on our next episode next week. Thanks for tuning into the Graceway Experience. Hope we can talk again sometime.